What's up, everybody? My name is Derek Childs, and welcome to the Sales Lab. We have Austin Pritchard today. We're super excited for this. This is my fifth cousin, the one and only Austin Pritchard. Welcome to the podcast, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, Sick. this is exciting. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing that I'm excited for is the fact that you are one of the greats here at Hawks. You know, you're bringing a huge presence, and I, I'm just excited for everybody that's listening to this to get to know you, get to know your story. And uh, get to kind of know what's in between your ears. Absolutely. So, Austin, tell us a little bit about, <laughs> whoa, tell us a little bit about you getting into door-to-door. How did that come about? What was your story? Uh, how, how did you get here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I guess this is seven years ago now. I, right after my mission, I got recruited to go over to an alarm company. Everybody would know it. Um, started there for a couple weeks, and honestly, I was I was awful. Probably the worst performer on the team. Um, looking back, I wish I would have stuck with it because being in sales an extra two years up to this point would have been life-changing, I think. But I, at the same time, it was important for me to fail um, before I really got started in door-to-door, I think. So, um, yeah, I started there. I lasted three weeks. Um, the only, the only sell I made was to my mom, lover, thanks mom. <laughs> um, and from there it was just like a downhill battle. Um, lots of, lots of things happened in those two years I took off, um, from sales. So got into car sales, dabbled in some, some real estate type stuff. I got my license in real estate. Um, but eventually I got to a point where I was living out of the back of my truck bouncing between couches, friends, friends, couches and sleeping on the ground and whatnot. I was up here in Utah and dude, I just got to such a low point in life, you know, drugs, alcohol. Um, and it was just not, not a good spot. And I just kept in the back of my mind, like, no, I just knew like, dude, there's gotta be more for Austin Pritchard. Like there's gotta be more in life than living on this couch. Right. And you know, one time, one day I was just sitting up over at an overlook in the mountains and I just had this thought, it's like, you know, there's an opposite and equal in every aspect of life, right? And I'm like, if I'm this low in life, there's got to be a high, like there's got to be a higher high, you know, as, as unsuccessful as I am right now, there's got to be something greater out there than this. And so that gave me a lot of hope in my lowest moment of life, like I, f- I feel like I had to hit rock bottom to really dial in and just go and try to be as successful as possible for myself and, and my eventual family. So dude, that was, that was when it all changed. I, uh, I had a cousin, um, in door to door, kept watching his stories, seeing his, his successes and him going on these cool trips and to Thailand and all over the world, Philippines and all these things he would go and do. And I'm like, man, like if he can do it, why can't I do it? Mm. Right. So I, uh, I reached out to him and, um, yeah, that's kind of the beginning. So you mentioned that you had started in sales. Most people in the world aren't just like, yeah, let's go straight into sales because what's interesting about your story. One of the things that's interesting in starting is that you went straight into sales 
And then you left from that sales to go to a different sales. Yeah. And then you ended up coming back to a different sales. Right. So why sales in the first place? Why was that ever? There was a couple other jobs in between there, like short stints. You know, I'd go do concrete for six months. Okay. Uh, I would do some other odds and end type jobs. Um, but it always led back to sales. And I think there's a couple reasons why. Uh, I've realized like the earning potential, right? Um, it's uncapped typically if you are commission-based. Um, I hated working because for like an hour, hourly job, uh, just because I would work super hard and I was always the hardest worker I felt like in the room and I was getting paid the same. Mm. And, and so that sucked, right? Um, showing up and you know, I'd work night shift on one of my jobs and working super hard and I was getting paid $9 an hour when the manager was sitting on the back on her phone and she's making 15 an hour and I thought I should be making that. So sales was just ultimately like, Hey, let's go see, you know, how much I can earn for myself, how much I'm actually worth. So I just always kept coming back to it. So tell us about, tell us about your first year and what happened. Cause you had your, you had a change in mindset. Talk to us about how that led into your first year. You ended up seeing your cousin yeah. and then how did you perform? What was your mindset? What was your lifestyle like leading into that? What was your mindset? Like all those things. Yeah. I think at that time I hadn't completely burned the boats, if you will, like all my struggles and everything that I was, I guess, holding me back at first. I actually quit two weeks into my first summer. Um, into your first summer in Pest. In Pest. Yeah. My first summer back. Two weeks in, I drove home. I was, I was in Dallas, Texas and I live, I grew up two hours south of it. Um, and I drove home and a couple things happened. One, my parents were like, dude, you can't stay here. Right. Um, which was huge for me because it was like, you, you can't just keep coming back here when things go south, like go figure your stuff out. Mm. Um, so that was big. And then I had a manager call me and he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, you haven't even made it to your first paycheck yet. Like, you don't even know how well this could turn out for you. And basically, I had never had somebody just break me down and be like, why are you actually out here besides money? If you're chasing money, like, this is never going to work for you, mm. right? Um, and so we we set a couple of goals, and he had me create a vision board that night. Um, and at, up to that point, it was like I was selling one to two, maybe three a day. Um and then that next day back, after I created a vision board, found out exactly why I was out here other than money. You know, I wanted to, I wanted a bunch of stuff. Wanted to buy real estate, wanted to buy a ranch, wanted to buy a new truck. Mm. Like I'm a country boy. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to have that lifestyle. Um, so I put it on paper and, and just told myself like, I'll go out and get those things. Um, and then the next day I, after I, I sold 15 deals, and from that point on, I was like, yo, I don't even know what my potential is with this. Mm. But I know I just made like two or three grand today. Yeah. Like, let's let's go see how big I can make it this summer. So that was really the, the pinnacle and the changing point of my whole sales career was, you know, failing again and deciding, hey, this time I failed, but, you know, let's just bounce back and see what happens instead of quitting. I think it's interesting because a lot of people – a lot of rookies that will listen to this, they or a lot of rookies in the industry or people going into their first year, they have failures and then they give up. Right. And it, what's interesting is this was your like third or fourth sales job in this in the span of two three years. 
right? That you had failed at, and this was like that pinnacle moment. And then this was like a, a fourth or third or fourth fail, like big fail. Yeah. Not just like, I didn't have a good day. You're saying like, I'm quitting. Yeah. And where you, you looked yourself in the face, like when you had that, I think we should talk about that 15, 15 account day. Right. Because there's so many people that have the potential. It's not like the pitch changes a drastic amount from, I mean, the day you made three accounts, the day you made, you sold 15. Yeah. There's probably no change in your pitch, right? Right. There was, there wasn't really much different than mindset. Uh, the pitch stayed the same. And then it was just like the belief, right? I always talk about this with reps and guys I train. It's like, if you want to perform at a high level, like live, live a high level life, right? And your sales and the money, it all just becomes a byproduct of, of mm. how you're living your life. Like be a good person, genuinely set positive goals, good goals. Um, like your, your goal can't be about the money and whatnot in it. And so when I took that and, and put the money to the side and was just like, dude, I want to see what my potential actually is. Like, I know I'm made to be great. Like God doesn't make ungrate people, right? He makes us all with the same, I think, what's the word? Basically he, potential. He, he creates us all with the same potential and all of us have the same potential to be great. So I guess that day was the, the first time I really ever put all those pieces together, like had a clear path, a clear goal. Um, and dude, I just, I, I just worked at a, a different speed. So after you had that day, talk to us about the rest of your first summer. Yeah. Kind of what happened. And I know you've talked to me a little bit, like you started to outperform some of the people that were quote unquote training you. Right. Right. So like for any top person, they have to push past what they're seeing. Right. Right. Uh, like talk to us how you did that as a rookie. So I think the next day is when I really started to interview people. Um, I realized, you know, if I had this one good day, a random, you know, Tuesday, my first summer, but I was, I was number one in that company that day. And I'm like, if I have one of those days, why can't I figure out how to do that every day? Cause I see guys doing it every single day. Like the guys who I looked at at the time, I'm like, these guys are goaded, right? If they can do it, I can figure out how to do it. And so I just started calling um, everybody around me, any guy who had done like 500, 600, 700,000 accounts and just started interviewing like, dude, what's your mindset look like? What's your routine look like? What are you saying to this objection? What are some one-liners here that you can use? Um, so that was, I think the biggest thing was starting again to create that life that lifestyle and that vision of higher success, even though at the time, like I was just a, a random rookie, right? I wasn't blessed. I wasn't any, any more talented than somebody else. It was just, I started to put the belief with the action. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the biggest thing. So you had a moment where you saw some results and that results changed an idea. It, it like influenced your mindset, right? Yeah. There are some rookies that, and maybe, maybe this is just my experience, but some, some, not everybody's going to have a 15 account day where they can just have a flip. Right. So how would you recommend to a rookie having that flip in mindset, having that flip where they can believe in themselves before they see maybe, Yeah. you know, I, I would say the biggest thing again, goes back to your goal. Can't be money, money based. Mm. 
right? Um, I've always, I've always tied like my goal on the amount of money I make. Like I take a certain percentage of that and I, I promise it to people or an organization to give back. And so it's like, mm. Hey, if I hit this goal, like I donate X amount of dollars. Right. Um, and so when I'm, when I'm going through the hard times, one, I can think on that and be like, Hey, I'm not just doing this today for myself. I'm not getting my teeth kicked in today for me. Like I'm getting it kicked in so I can, you know, help this family out or, or whatever that may be. So number one is take away money driven goals for a rookie. The next thing is, don't limit your potential or, or your mindset on, on what you can achieve. There's a lot of guys who I've trained now are like, they'll come in and be like, oh, my old manager told me I could do, you know, one to three accounts a day. Trained multiple guys who are like, their manager told them, hey, you're you're like a two, three, four level guy a day, right? Which is terrible management. It's like never limit your, your reps success by telling them what they can achieve. Um, have zero expectation as a rookie, right, on what your true average is because you don't know, right? You're just learning how to sell. So don't have don't have that limit in mind. Um, go out and work as hard and as intentional every single day, every single door, and see how big you can make that summer. Because in the industry, we have this thing where it's like, you know, rookies go out and, and they sell 100 to 150K and you're an elite rookie. Right. At the end of the day, like the next year, not much changes in skill level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these these little role plays between salesmen and salesmen aren't actual door pitches. Not much actually can change. So I would say don't have that limiting belief. Just go out and work your hardest and see where the chips fall. And then, yeah, just create a vision. Have a vision board. Um, Been one of the biggest uh, motivators and. You know, I attribute a lot of success to it where you can look at it every single day. And then I think the last thing is just affirming, just having good affirmations. Um, a lot of mine have always been tied back to like spiritual things. Like, you know, my first year, it was, um, I'm great. I don't even remember it now. <laughs> I guess my first year's wasn't wasn't spiritual it was i'm great don't be a bitch sell six (laughs) Um, but later on i'll I'll share some more of my affirmations of how that turned spiritual um but yeah so um can can we recap some of those things because you've talked about belief was something that changed yeah your vision was something that changed so your actual vision board and i think we should talk about that if you're open to sharing some of those things that may have been on your first year vision board Absolutely. that mattered to you and how maybe a system or a process that made you think, okay, thinking about this would be a good thing or like what things should I value on a vision board? Cause I think there's a lot of directionless rookies right. too. Um, so yeah, we have belief, we have vision board uh, and then um, affirmations. So, okay, let's talk about your vision board a little bit. What did that look like year one? Um, and then also what did that look like year two and in, in following years? I think year one, again, I just, you know, I saw where this could go. Um, so I, I mean, I put like a truck on there cause I wanted a truck. I was driving a Corolla. Um, nice upgrade. Right. So I wanted a, I wanted a big diesel truck and then I had 
you know, a couple villains on there. My parents, I put them on my vision board as a villain, if you will. I put my old manager as a villain. And for a couple reasons, like obviously my parents, they love me and they support me in, in everything I do. But at the time, they're like, dude, do not go out and do this. Like you're in a good spot now. You're making $25 an hour at your new job you're at. Like stay there, work the chain. Like you're in a good spot. Just stay there. I'm like, no, screw that. Um, and they didn't think I was going to finish it um, or do well with it, one or the other. I don't know. Uh, they now fully support me uh, mm. in it. Um, and then my, my manager at the time was like, dude, you're like a 200-level rep. Like you're not the top. You're not the bottom. You're right in the middle. And at the time, I'm like, I don't think I'm right in the middle. Um, but, you know, I could be. But, again, I didn't want to have any expectation of where I should land. Because only I know, right? Only only we know what we're capable of. Um, and then I put a ranch on there on my first year vision board. I've always wanted a ranch my whole life. Um. I think that's about it. I think that's important though, because what mattered to you might not matter to somebody else, but seeing that like, it's kind of like that saying where people are like, should I pray to find my keys? Or like, should I pray to like what football team I should join? Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, if you care about it, God cares about it. Same idea. It's like, if it's something that matters to you, it's like, that might not matter to somebody else, but those little things, you know, maybe a truck doesn't matter to somebody, but that right. mattered to you. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like that was motivating? During the For summer, me, the the first year it was right, and materialistic things have gotten more and more, like, what's the word? They they've gotten less attracting to me, mm. right? Um, and so now it's like the vision is is completely different than it was that first year. But at the time, it was like, dude, I needed that. I needed some small wins or big wins at the time. You know, buying a truck now, it's like, it's not a huge win. It's just like. Cool. Like got a new truck. But at the time it was like, dude, I can afford to buy a new truck. Mm. Right. I was stoked for it. So I think that was important at the time. Um, but I think I'll break down like what actually I I did on a daily routine with my vision board. I think I think that's important. A lot of guys will just make it and they're like, Okay, I made it. Check the box. Right. right? What's your action to fill in the gap? You you've gotta kinda have somewhat of a you know, every day it's a it's in your daily routine. You're looking at it. Um, so what I would do is every night when I would get home, I would spend an hour like looking at ranches, seeing how much money I need to put down on one, where my credit needed to be at. What do I want? Do I want a lake on it? Do I want a river on it? Do I want, how many acres do I want? Right. Um, so I would look through hundreds and hundreds of listings. And I did that for, I mean, three years until I eventually got one. But um, and every night, same thing with, with the truck that year was like, okay, if I'm, I'm pacing to make this much money, right. What can I afford? So I'd go through on auto trader. I would look for hours and hours and hours that night. Um, and I would screenshot different ones I liked. So during the day, like if I was getting a little sidetracked, I would look at the truck from the night before I was looking at, and I was like, this is the truck I'm going to get. Right. So it was like a constant reminder. Like, this is why I'm out here this year. So I would look at the truck. Can't wait to get that thing, right? Um, so I would say, like, don't just look at your vision board. Keep it exciting. Look at things every single day that mm. are on the vision board. Um, I, f I feel like that's, like, a misunderstood thing. Yeah. Um, the fact that your emotions were really connected to that, too. I feel like that's got to be something. There's got to be so much value to that. Right. Um, 
Well, you, you start to trick your, your mind into believing almost that you've achieved that, right? You start to live in a way, in a lifestyle, and you work in a way where it's like, dude, I almost like I own this truck already, mm. right? Just by the way I act mm. and I and I work, right? If you work in, a, in, the, in the manner to be able to buy an $80,000, $90,000 truck in sales, um, you're, you're going to be able to obtain that. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, obviously, Austin, like, tell tell the people kind of what you ended up achieving. And ha- this will be our last question just because we're kind of short on time and there's, like, so much more and we'll bring you more on the podcast and we'll learn a lot more. But tell us about how you ended that first year summer. Like, granted, today, it, we've really just spent your time on your first year um, and how that's that helped you. If you didn't end well, you probably wouldn't have gone in with so much confidence into your next year, right? Yeah. So that year I ended up doing 515 accounts or something like that. Um, so it was, it was a great, a great starting year. Made, made six figures that first summer, which was huge for me at the time. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, it was a great year. And then what things would you recommend going into an off season or what some people would call like the preseason? How did that help you prepare? Because our last question is obviously you went from here. We might do two questions left just so that we can really get the most out of this uh, for today. But you went from doing 500 accounts yeah, to late, later doing more than a million or a million in, in revenue, right? Right. So what was your, I mean, I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. I attached um, a biggest, the biggest thing was year two. It, again, materialistic things had to be taken off of the, the vision board. Um, it wasn't my biggest motivator. Um, there's a, a family real, real special to me. Um, we're going through a hard time. Um, my best friend's, my best friend's dad was, I had a massive heart attack at the time and um, a couple years before that. And they were just, they needed some help with different things, um, some wheelchairs and just stuff so he could live like a somewhat normal life for the remainder of his life he had here. Um, and so that was the, the number one thing on my vision board was like, I, I went to her before I even started this summer and I said, Hey, if I hit my goal, I'm going to be able to do all these things to help you guys. But if I don't hit it, I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. Um, cause it was a significant amount. Um, and so every day during the summer, you know, I would look, you know, a lot of people were thinking, you know, at the time there was that Lamborghini incentive, right? They thought that was like the, the motivator mm-hmm. was pushing me to it. Honestly, I, it was a cool byproduct of hitting a million in revenue, but the biggest reason I was out there was to help that family. And so like, you know, when it's, there was a hurricane that year when I was knocking, I had COVID at the time and I'm like literally puking and dry heaving between doors and the worst rain I've ever knocked in in my life. And I'm out there and all I'm saying out loud is, you know, I will sell 10 today. I have to sell 10 today. I've committed to this. I've committed to this family. I will be successful. Um, because right now there's a man sitting on a couch. And if I don't, if I don't do this today, I'm not going to be able to afford to buy this wheelchair. Right. And so like, that's when I think my whole sales career completely changed was when I started to tie um, helping other people with, you know, with the job. 
So that was the biggest, the biggest motivator that year. Mm. So, but during the preseason, that's basically, that was what I decided I was going to do. Um, there was a lot of other things. Like I trained a lot, trained every single day. Um, that summer, a lot of guys think when you're performing at that high of a level where you're selling 10, 15 deals every single day, like clockwork, that it just is natural at that point. And it's not right. Like Kobe, he probably took a thousand shots until the day he died. Right. Michael Jordan, I'm sure he still shoots the basketball every single day, even though he's been retired for years. So same thing. It was like, at the end of the day, how do I study now is I just critique myself throughout the day. If I get on a door and I feel like I got hung up on a certain objection or a different stall or whatnot, then I'll write that down on a note page or on my notes on my phone. And then at the end of the day, I'll have three or four things to study um, every single day of how I could have, you know, done better and just push that needle a little bit now. Like the needle's not being moved as much anymore, um, but it's still like 1% every single day that I can do better. So that's been huge is just continuing to study every single night. Like I'll study 30 minutes to an hour every single day, even still like throughout the off season. Um, so. Cool. Well, that that's actually super helpful for a lot of these rookies for a lot of, I mean, honestly for me too, I hope that people can go back and re, or hope that people do go back and re-listen and hear this stuff because this is what one of the best of the best has done. I mean, you're one of the first ever to do a million Austin and, and your goal this year, tell the people your goal. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot left on the table. Um, and something I'm, I'm focusing on right now is just living up to my full potential and, and seeing how, you know, how much I can do in a dialed system. I'm excited to do it here at Hawks. I think there's a lot of, well, I know there's a, a lot of good operational things that I haven't always had at different companies. And so it's, uh, it's exciting. Um, this last year was, was super successful for me. Um, I worked less than a half summer and, and did a, had a great year and, and really just wanted to see, is this the place I want to do it again? And I can say without a doubt, like this is, this is one of the best spots to do it. Um, operations is dialed. So, um, tech is dialed. The apps are dialed. Retention is dialed. Everything about this system is going to be perfect this year. So, um, I don't know if I'm if I'm going to share the exact goal, okay. um, but what I will tell you is it's going to be big, and I'm just going to go out and shoot for my full potential. Which, if I'm doing that, then uh, it'll be pretty close, if not more. Cool, awesome. Well, guys, make sure to tune in uh, for next time. Appreciate you so much, Austin. Thanks for having me.